Tell you what, let me go in there first, okay? I'll cover for you. Give you a little more time out here to relax. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. Morning. I'm Anita Horgarth. Buck melanoma. Molly Russell's wart. Not her wart. Not her wart. I'm I'm the wart. She's my tumor. My my growth. My uh, my pimple. I'm Uncle Wart. Just old Buck Wart Russell. That's what they call me. Or uh, melanoma head. They'll call me that. Melanoma head's coming. I'm sorry, Uncle. Maisie Russell's uncle. I'm her uncle. <laughs> her, uh, her mother uh, set up this conference with you. I'm assistant principal here, as you've probably noticed from the indications on the door. This door? You the mean, outer door. The outer door? Yes. Because there's nothing on this one. <laughs> That's just about enough of that. Sorry. I've been an educator for 31.3 years, and in that time, I've seen a lot of bad eggs. I say eggs because at the elementary level, we are not dealing with fully developed individuals. I see a bad egg when I look at your niece. She is a twiddler, a dreamer, a silly heart. She is a jabba box. And frankly, I don't think she takes a thing in her life or her career as a student seriously. She's only six. That is not a valid excuse. I hear that every day and I dismiss it. I don't think I want to know a six-year-old who isn't a dreamer or a silly heart. And I sure don't want to know one who takes their student career seriously. I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a job. But I know a good kid when I see one. Because they're all good kids. Until dried out, brain dead skags like you drag them down and convince them they're no good. You so much as scowl at my niece or any other kid in this school and I hear about it and I'm coming looking for you. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Next. Ah, yeah. And that is our featured <laughs> Joygasm <laughs> clip of the week. Of course, this being from the Uncle Buck John Candy classic from the 1980s. I haven't seen that clip in quite a long time. Yep, yep, yep. Never gets old, though. I just love it. I love how the scene starts out with John Candy, uh, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. He's sitting in the on the bench alongside a kid who's uh, apparently in the office for perhaps uh, a visit to the assistant principal's <laughs> office. A five-year-old misdemeanor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was just great how it just set up the whole thing. And, uh, of course, the uh, the... The principal, if you haven't seen Uncle Buck, which if you haven't, it's highly on the recommendation list, but she has this 
<laughs> about a, a nickel-sized wart in her chin. It's like a wart or a mole or something. I don't know. You, you can kind of make up uh, <laughs> an image of it based on how if, Uncle Buck is trying desperately not to comment on it, but ends up doing it anyway. It's like a wart mated with a mole mated with a gerbil. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but... It is one of those those classic scenes that, especially when you're a kid and you're watching it, it's so validating to have an adult go to bat for one of the the small kids, especially if you're at a school where perhaps the leadership is a little callous or lacking or otherwise subhuman. Or just had a bitter childhood and want to take it out an awful little bright eyes and bright minds. Yeah, I have a, a bad case of the Tin God Syndrome. <laughs> anyway, you are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, and the year draws to a close in episode 153 today, December 27th, 2019. We have... A couple of really fun items that we'd like to go over with you. Uh, it's going to be kind of a movie-focused episode, so we're going to be checking out a few movie trailers that have dropped over the past couple of weeks. Right before we get into our topic of the day, which is our favorite movies of 2019. So what have you been up to? What have you been watching? What have well, you been playing, Russ. Steve? What have you been up to this last week? Yeah, you It's know. always good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, after the last podcast, uh, Wifey and I were- That def- was a fun pun, uh, pun, pun cast? That was a fun podcast, that by was, the way. That was. It was a good pun cast. Pun, mm-hmm. pod, punt, punt podcast. Did you have a chance to listen to it yourself, Steve? No, not all the way. Oh. I, I listened to it that day, though. You did? I was right here for it. I oh, listened well, to it live. That's great. That's great, Steve. <laughs> I had some fun with the the post-production of that particular episode, Steve. That's good, Russ. So, we were still in the Rocky limelight. I thought you were going to say Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. Where is this going? (laughs) You've changed, and not for the better. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, anyway, so we watched Rocky 2 and 3. Ah, yes, you are continuing your Balboa binge. Balboa binge as well as our Bluebell binge because we were ice creaming it up while we were watching. I am reminded, actually, of when I went on a three-mile walk with your wife Mm -hmm. and she said that you guys had been pounding down the ice cream as of late and how she caused you to get onto the scales and you were a little shocked as to the amount of holly jolly in your midsection. (laughs) It's a holly jolly weight scale (laughs) this time of the year. Bouncing and flopping like that. Man, so yeah, I had hit the 180. Oh my goodness. Oh, that is nothing. Hey, I'm used to staying around the 170. It's because you're the size of a hobbit. <laughs> well, yeah, buff hobbit. Okay, buff hobbit. No, right, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. You're like the 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 one from who's the king of the hobbits? I don't remember his name. I don't think there's a king of the hobbit trust. Yeah, remember in the hobbit movies, there was that one dude who was like he was trying to reign over. Well, no. I allow me to back up a bit. It wasn't Excuse the hobbits. Me, king of the dwarves. Oh right. Okay. There you go. What would you rather be, Steve? A dwarf or a hobbit? I don't know. The hobbits eat a lot better than the dwarves, so... Um, That's true. <laughs> yeah, they do. 
What are we going to do about dinner? Supper? Elevensies? <laughs> dinner? Supper? <laughs> afternoon tea? <laughs> yeah. I'm all about it. Anyhow, where was I? We're on top of really Rocky. Can't, you, you cannot beat afternoon tea, by the way. It's a little, like, it's not even a secret, but it's something that I have just only recently started doing, and it is quite, I don't know, just... Uh, don't put chamomile in your tea, though. It's, 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 it's what the body needs. Yeah. Know? Yeah. A little bit of, a little bit of tea of, makes the world go round. Doesn't matter where you live. Everybody likes some tea. A little bit of herbs. A little bit of spices. Milk, maybe, depending on where you're from. Honey. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a fan of honey. Honey honestly. and tea is good. Yes. Hot tea. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back where, okay. Balboa. Balboa. Bababooey. Bababooey. Yeah. So anyhow, so we watched Rocky two and three, and that was good. And uh, so I got some other stuff coming. I started, I hadn't finished it yet, but I started the first episode of The Witcher. On Netflix. On Netflix. And? So far, so good. I'm a, I, I'm, I, I started watching it. I didn't finish it because I really wanted to watch it loud, and I was in a spot where I could not watch it loud. Oh, so you haven't even finished the I first episode. I haven't finished the first episode yet. Is Netflix doing the whole thing where you can binge watch all the episodes of The Witcher, or are they only releasing them once a week? No, or? I think that, yeah, I think you can binge watch the whole entire thing. I I, I didn't even, I would be amazed if they didn't do it, because that's how they're, they do everything. Mm. Anyhow. So, so far, so good. It is just like the game. Good. So far as that I've seen. I haven't gotten that far into the story yet, but uh, watching Henry Cavs up there being Geralt. Geralt. I am a fan of Henry Cavill, I must say. Everything I've seen him in, I dig it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's weird watching him play Geralt. I don't know if I'm, I think it's good or not so good, but I mean, he's definitely given it his all to be Geralt. And I know he knows the character, so... We shall see. The beginning started off just like a Witcher would. So, anyhow, it's off to a good run. Good. Otherwise, I've been continuing my quest in the Fallen Order. Jedi, Fallen Order. Excellent. And that has been fun. And I completed Shining Force 1 on my mobile. So now I'm on Shining Force number 2. Nicely done. No, do they have both Shining Force 1 and... Oh, well, obviously, they have both 1 and 2 on yes. the phone. But they don't have 3? Correct. I haven't found 3. Um, and 3, I'm, I'm actually okay with them not having 3. 2 was my favorite, so I'm glad they have 2. I see. And it doesn't disappoint. I it miss it. It does not disappoint, does it? Yeah. So, um, that's about all what's going on with me, Russ. <laughs> all right. Well, I have been playing Dead or Alive 6 some more. Mm. It's a it's a title I just always enjoy going back to. They actually released the latest character, Rachel, which she has been in previous Dead or Alive games. I think she made her first debut in Dead or Alive. I want to say Dead or Alive 4, but mm. don't quote me on that. Okay. She may have been... Early, it may have been Dead or Alive 3 when she came. I don't recall exactly. But she is, if I if I don't have my wires crossed, I believe she originally was a Ninja Gaiden character from Team Ninja. Hmm. I'll have sense. to double check that. But anyway, I have uh, played as her in previous installments. She's a, um, a nice addition to the overall roster of characters. And so it's been fun. And it's interesting to me when I look at both Soul Calibur and Dead or Alive, they both 
have been doing this thing. And actually, Mortal Kombat 11 has been doing it as well. I think it's kind of this trending thing that these fighting games have started doing, which is you have more and more characters that are behind these paywalls. And actually, Mortal Kombat is not as much of an offender of this as opposed to Soul Calibur or Dead or Alive. Both of those games have taken characters that have pre-existed in the roster prior to their latest installments. So they were always readily available when you paid 60 bucks. But now it's like, oh, well, we're going to hold back these like, you know, five plus characters and we're going to dole them out one at a time for $5.99 each kind of thing, which I think is kind of messed up. In my opinion, if these characters have already existed in the games prior to, you know, the latest sequel or whatever, they need to just always be playable. Yeah. I think it's kind of messed up when you do that. And see, when it comes to um, Mortal Kombat 11, they don't exactly do that. They have a pretty large roster of characters you can play as, and they do have a few characters that have, you know, they, they pre-existed in uh, older Mortal Kombat games. But the majority of them, like, for instance, Spawn or um, the Terminator or Joker, they, they have these, these special guest appearances that are available as DLC, and you can buy that. I don't have any problem with those, because I think that's actually really, really cool. It's the same thing as, like, with Injustice 2, where they had, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as, like, a, a guest appearance character, and they had some other characters as well. So we'll have to see how it goes. But me being a huge Soul Calibur and Dead or Alive fan, I cannot help but purchase each and every one of these characters that comes through because I, I want the full roster and I, you know, I just like the game. So it's like, okay, fine. Go ahead. You want to be greedy? Be greedy. I will buy it. <laughs> I also watched Star Wars The Force Awakens before going out and seeing Rise of Skywalker. And I think I told this to you. I noticed that The Last Jedi was not available in Disney+. Plus. You did. And so I was doing some digging and I talked to uh, someone else and they, I think we just kind of came to the consensus that there is a, a contract with Netflix, I believe, where The Last Jedi is still running its course. So I think that that will expire in February, to which point uh, it should make its debut on Disney+. Plus. But I got kind of back into the swing of things as to the, the various characters. And that's, you know, I mean, it made me curious to see like, could JJ continue what where he left off with uh, his previous efforts? Now, speaking of Star Wars, I did watch The Mandalorian. And The Mandalorian, I'm here to tell you, Steve, is a good show. It is a show that has started to restore a bit of my faith in the possibility of having Star Wars-oriented shows or movies or whatever that actually remind me of the original trilogy. It's, it's a really good show. And I finished Disney Imagineering. I think it was about seven episodes long. Is I, the Imagineering over, Russ? It is not. Well, the, the season itself may be over, but mm. the actual Imagineering itself hopefully will never die. Yes. It will go on and on and on. But, it, but wow, what a great season or just, I guess I should say show overall. If you guys haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. They go through the entire timeline of 
the the Disney company, starting, of course, with Walt Disney and then going all the way to like the most recent episode. They were previewing the next Star Wars experience at Disneyland and Disney World, and they were going behind the scenes showing just the different types of engineering feats and technological marvels that they're putting in. And I, I can, that is one of the things I haven't been to Disneyland or Disney world in a long time. I think the last time I was at one of those places was like 2003. It's been a long time since I've been there. So I know that there are several lands and rides and stuff. Same thing with universal studios. I, I'm overdue. I think we were both overdue Steve to be able to go to one of these lands of fantasy future and all around family fun but the star wars galaxy's edge is what i believe was what it's called i definitely want to go check that out just because i'm a huge star wars fan i want to see this stuff but also the rides themselves they look legit and you know when you think about when we went to the void remember the void steve mm-hmm. the i was theater? just thinking about it virtual reality how we uh were going in as stormtroopers that was a really fun experience it was one that i think both of us were very impressed by the tech with that in particular, I cannot think of anyone else I'd rather experience this new Star Wars experience than with you, Steve. Oh, I bet you could, Russ. No, no, no. I bet you can think of a few no, people. No, no, no. I want you right by my <laughs> side, Steve. <laughs> so what else has been going on with me here? Let's see. Oh, I watched Aladdin. It was the first time that my daughter has ever seen the movie Aladdin, so we sat down and checked it out. It is just as good as I remembered it. It's ah, I was about to ask you, the Robin Williams Aladdin? Yes. Okay. Robin Williams Aladdin, it was absolutely a really fun time. I found myself laughing out loud on several occasions. I was thinking, man, I've seen this, this movie. I mean, granted, I haven't seen it in a long time, but back in the day, I've seen it quite a few times, and it's still the, the comedic timing and... Just what they were doing with it was brilliant. It was great. Finally, one last little detail. Um, We were able to purchase more of our camera gear, courtesy of all of you loyal patrons out there from patreon.com slash joygasm. And so I was able to go get, with uh, the, the, the monetary contributions from all you guys, I went out and got a cage. It's a full camera cage that we can put around one of our video cameras. And it has um, different types of handles, um, focus feature things, some some uh, lens filters like an ND filter, a polarizing filter, a UV filter, that sort of thing. And uh, we also got um, some of these longer lasting batteries. So a huge thank you to everybody who contributed to that because that really helps us out with being able to, to buy it. And we're still not done. We still have a lot more to get, but I just wanted to update everybody and say, Hey, you know what? In your own way, due to your generosity, you gave Steve and I uh, a bit of um, a really cool Christmas present of sorts where it allowed us to be able to, to continue getting the, the gear that we need in anticipation for when we take Joygasm to video. So a very heartfelt thank you. <laughs> so in our movie news segment, there are two trailers in particular that I wanted us to take a look at that dropped over the past couple of weeks. The first one being the official trailer to Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I've been, well, actually, I don't think it's just myself, but I think both of us have been wanting to see more 
about what this movie contains. And so let's take a look-see and then we'll give our reactions. What are you doing here in Somerville anyway? Honestly, my mom won't say it, but we're completely broke. And the only thing that's left in our name is this creepy old farmhouse our grandfather left us in the middle of nowhere. Why'd you bring me up here? Entertainment value. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Somehow, a town that isn't anywhere near a tectonic plate, that has no fault lines, no fracking, no loud music even, is shaking on a daily basis. Under the dining table now! Hey, remember that one summer we died under a table? I found this in my living room. Whoa, killer replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s, it's like The Walking Dead. Your dad never mentioned this to you? It's just my mom. My grandfather died. My mom says we're just here to pick through the rubble of his life. So what do you think? I guess my goose pimples. Yes. <laughs> Same here. What else? Uh, it's going to be a good year, Russ. It's going to be a good year for movies and games. Once it's once What's interesting to me is I get goosebumps, yet there are no visuals of Peter Vankman, Ray Stance, or Winston. I thought that was Ray Stance. The, the, he had gray hair. No, that was somebody else. Somebody else, Russ. That was somebody else. So that was the interesting thing about it was that it's clearly a focus on these kids. Of course, a couple of the kids, I believe, are the children of Egon. And as we know, Harold Ramis, unfortunately, passed away. But I think this is actually a really cool premise of how he bequeathed, of course, some of these these different properties and the different things, but didn't really tell his kids about like what it was that he did. And I don't know. I think, well, actually, let me back up. I don't know if the kids are his dad or grandfather. It might be his grand, their, their grandfather. I thought it was, they said he was his grandfather. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Which would make more sense because I mean, if yeah, because Paul Rudd, we would be our age group would be like his kids. Right. Yeah. So, well, so it's his grandkids. That's why. Well, Paul, that's cool too. 
Paul Rudd is like the teacher saying, hey, well, back then, the 80s. Yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? So... Yeah, well, that, that, that's really cool. I, I really like the premise of it. It has kind of that Goonies kind of feel to it. The one thing, and I know for a fact because they've they've confirmed this, is that you're going to have Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, um, I was going to say Dana Barrett, but it's <laughs> <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. They have all, and I think Ernie Hudson as well, Right. they have confirmed that they are in this movie. So I don't know when or how much of a presence they're going to have in this particular film. My gut tells me they probably won't show up until the very end where like when some sort of huge thing happens and then they're able to come in and help the kids out. I have a feeling that's probably what it's going to be. I Yeah. Well, I don't know about all the way towards the end. I would have to say probably about halfway because I, mean, I the, hope it's halfway. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the kids are like in junior high or younger. I mean, they're not the age to put on a you know jumpsuit proton pack and know what to do from then on out. I mean, that would right. be terrible. Yeah. I would like it if perhaps the first half builds up who these kids are more of the kind of the motivation and purpose of why they are in this, this kind of back, not, it's not even backwoods. It's just kind of like this desolate kind of country living type of situation. And, uh, and, and also give us that time as Ghostbuster fans to explore some of these different things like, you know, the, the kid discovering the jumpsuits of the Ghostbusters oh, or, Ecto one. Absolutely. Ecto one or the ghost Man. trap. All those. I mean, it, it's amazing to me how, when I see those different visual images that it brings me right back to being 10 years old again. I love that siren. Oh, yes. Man, I love that siren. It's one of the best sirens ever. So I think I, <laughs> give me that sign as a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Steve, shut that phone off. <laughs> Now, the second trailer is the latest Wonder Woman trailer, and this is a well-done trailer. I'm just going to say, without without before we even watch it again, because I know we've both seen it, it is such a well-done trailer, and I am super excited that Wonder Woman is making her comeback. So we'll, we'll talk more about it after we watch it. My life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the future. Life is good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it. Think about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today. But you can save the world. take what I want in return. Everyone will see.
Nothing good is born from lies. And greatness is not what you think. That's just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot on fire! Oh, man. Such an awesome preview. That's a great song, too. It's a uh, great show. A great song, yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, Blue Monday by New Order. Is How it? does it feel to treat me like you do <laughs> when you lay your hands upon me? That's right. And I don't know uh, if that is a remix of the oh song. Oh, yeah, that's definitely, yeah, it's definitely okay. a remix for sure. Man, they those women are on fire. Let me tell you, like the first Wonder Woman movie, we both love that movie. Like that was one of our probably our favorite comic book movies yeah. that we have seen. It was so authentic and the pacing and everything about it was just really, really good. But the only kind of critique that we had being that we felt like the, the, the main villain. villain was a bit miscast and was yeah. kind of weak. But too much of a too much facial hair? Right. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, but when it comes to this. I love how it takes place in the 80s. I think that's a wonderful setting. I think it, it, it acts as kind of a callback to almost like the um, kind of the Wonder Woman TV show period. Because I think that took place in the 80s, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But there's just a lot there. And of course, we grew up in the 80s. It, the, the trailer is very deliciously 80s. Yes. I say. DC, don't mess that one up because the preview is a masterpiece. It is an absolute masterpiece. They, If they didn't come out with any other trailer from now until right. the movie came out, I, I am totally, <laughs> yeah. I am sold. <laughs> and the Emmy goes to. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and again, I know I say this quite often, but over the last year or two, the, the marketing departments of these movies they have been just killing it. It doesn't matter what movie it is. You watch it. And oftentimes the trailers are better than the films themselves. Not that I think that that's the case here, but like we've seen so many movie trailers where the pacing of it, the the yeah. way that they're, they're presenting the exposition of the story and the, the cuts and stuff. I mean, everything, it makes you want to go see the film. And there have been sometimes I would say, roughly 50% of the time we go and the movie's probably not quite as good as what the trailer makes it out to be. Right. Oh, but, yeah. Easy. you know, I mean, they're, they're, having said that, there are films that once we saw the film, we liked it even more uh, than the trailer itself because it, there was just a whole lot more uh, golden nuggets of goodness uh, just strewn throughout. I wish the first time I saw that trailer was last night at the theater instead of on my phone. Because when I, when I woke up, I think it was Saturday morning um, last week when I when I woke up and I, I went, oh, my the YouTube let me know on a notification on my phone saying, oh, the new trailer for Wonder Woman's out. I went, no way. And that's the first thing I did when I woke up was watch that trailer. And I was like, ah, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> yeah, no, it was super, super cool. And it is. It really is. I would say the, with the exception of the Joker movie that came out this year, I would say Wonder Woman is the crowning jewel in the DC movie world because everything else with, I mean, if, if, if I were to really step back, okay, fine. 
The Christopher Nolan Batmans are also a crowning achievement and it's a crowning jewel in DC's crown. But I feel like that was a removal from where they went after it was like post Christopher Nolan. They went then into this kind of Zack Snyder direction with these different DC characters. And even though we've enjoyed like, like Aquaman was a fun movie, a little cheesy, but stuff, but, but we found ourselves having a good time, but it wasn't on the same level as wonder woman. And even with Man of Steel, I enjoyed Man of Steel, but yeah. then they took this weird left turn with everything and cheapened the the exposition, in my opinion. You know, Man of Steel was was very introspective. It had a lot going for it. I personally really liked a lot. Was it a perfect film? No. But Wonder Woman is that anchor. It's that anchor that really people stand up and take notice. They watch it. To give you an idea, and we'll get to this more later on, but when we saw Star Wars there were like 10 trailers that were, that was shown before yep. the movie. You were counting them. Yeah. I think it was like nine or 10. Well, it was eight, but there were like advertisements thrown in between the trailers. Not, okay. not, not advertisements before the lights went down, but advertisements thrown in between the trailers. I thought that was pretty pathetic. I'm like, I'm sitting here early for the show watching advertisements. And now all I want to watch is previews before the movie. And now you're throwing me advertisements. Right. More of them. And so when it comes to what, what the point I was going to make about that was, there were funny comments from the audience after the majority of the trailers that were shown last night. And I think what's interesting about that is Wonder Woman was, I think there was Wonder Woman and there was one other trailer where after it was over, you heard the rumors like, man, that looks good. That looks Dude, really good. Like, I like, almost like yelled out like, yes! Yeah, nobody was making fun of it. Nobody was like, oh, whatever next. I mean, everybody was super pumped and it really goes to show Patty Jenkins, who's the director of the film. She knows exactly what she's doing. I think Gal Gadot is a fabulous. Oh, dude, she's like on the money. Oh yeah. Total, total embodiment of wonder woman. Fantastic. And as they're pushing forward, like I said, my only hope is, is I hope the villain in the film is, you know, close to, if not on the same level as wonder woman, We'll just have to wait and see. You know, the villain, I think it's the same guy who was uh, Pena in Narcos. I, okay, you may be right because it's been bothering me when I, when I saw him. I've seen this trailer several times. I'm thinking to myself, who is that actor? I can't tell if I've seen him in something or not. I'll bet you if you were in the MDibit, they would probably have whoever it is listed there already. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll take a little peeky peek. All right. Anyway. There are, uh, yeah, but both of these films are coming out next year. Very, very excited for them. And there's another film, too, that I am intrigued about, and it's the Christopher Nolan film Tenet. And they had that trailer playing. That, that was the other trailer I was alluding to when it came to the, the audience having a, a favorable reaction uh, to what was being shown on screen. But um, I, it's, it's one of those action-oriented movies that if I were to play it for audio only, we would probably not really convey <laughs> what the heck is going on with that. So I'm holding off on that one for now. But I can say that as a huge Christopher Nolan fan, I am definitely looking forward to that film that's coming out next year as well. Yeah, I'd have to say so. Did you find out who that was? No, not yet. <laughs> I'm scrolling and I'm paying attention to you at the same time. I see. I see. 
Now, the now one of the um, antagonists in Wonder Woman, you'll notice, is that other female actress. I can't remember her name, unfortunately, but she, I believe, is going to play Cheetah. Yeah, it's Cheetah, right? That's yeah, and, and it's Cheetah. It's not like Cheetara or anything like that. It's just Cheetah. That's that's well, I know it. Okay, to be. <laughs> I think Cheetara was that from He Man. That sounds a little He Man esque. Yes. Well, anyway. <clears throat> I also like the armor too. Like the uh, if, uh, toward the end of the trailer, you see Wonder Woman don her uh, this this like golden dragon looking armor stuff, and just I don't really know how to describe it other than it looks really really cool. So, for heaven's sake, Steve, have you found it yet? Well, I found the actor, but I don't think he, I don't think I, I might be wrong. <laughs> well, you can you can do a search just for Wonder Woman 1984, no, yeah. and he should show up. Well, no, I did that, but. Um, Okay, yep, yeah, no, okay, no, it is the guy. Got it. Yeah, it's him, yeah. It's I'm Pena? Not. Yeah. Ah! I didn't see him in the beginning of the, the cast, and I was scrolling through me. I think it went too fast. So then I went back, and I'm like, okay, he was in Equalizer 2. Okay, yeah, I thought him. See the same guy in Narcos? Yeah, okay, he's the same guy in Narcos. And that was right when you said what you said. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back and scroll a little bit more, a little little slower. And yeah, that it's definitely him, which it is cool. It throws me off because he's blonde and has no mustache. Yeah. And Pena, <laughs> like, I think in everything I've seen him in, he's got that little... I don't, it's not a handlebar mustache, but it's that, it's that narrow, like 1920s, 1930s mustache. That's yeah. like right above the upper lip kind of thing. And seeing it without, I mean, it really changes the look of whatever character he's playing as. I don't even know who that character is in the, in the, the, the trailer, but. <laughs> Hold on to your drinky drinks. It's time for the topic of the day. Our topic of the day is our favorite. Movies of 2019. If you recall, about two episodes ago, <laughs> no more, no less. We had our, uh, well, it's our top five games, <laughs> also known as our favorite games of 2019. If you missed that, we certainly would suggest, nay, encourage you to go check that particular episode out because there are several awesome games that get some notable mentions. Hmm. But this week, we have pivoted and changed gears toward movies. This year has been, I would say, a pretty fruitful year in movies, all things considering. I, I don't think that we had an overabundance of heavy hitters, though I do believe, in my humble opinion, that we've had a number of memorable, heavy-hitting type movies. But I would say, uh, if I were to look at, at just what we were looking at 
throughout the year, there was a nice variety. Wouldn't you say, Steve? Yeah, variety. I think this year was actually a bit soft on the movies. Right? Oh, I mean, they're soft, you say? A bit flaccid, yeah, maybe? I, mean, I don't know about... F- no, definitely oh. not flaccid, oh. but just soft. You know, there was, uh, there was a little bit... Yeah, light on the heavy hitters. Soft as a baby's ass. Not so much oh. uh, smack you in the face, gotta go see it kind of flicks, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it but was there it bad ones I mean, either. It wasn't terrible, Russ. No, no. Wasn't, I'm not gonna say it was terrible. I wouldn't say it was bad either. I wouldn't say it was just okay. I would say it was pretty good overall. Um, I'd say it was probably just about average. Average? Average for the most part. I was going through the list of Joygasm podcast episodes for the, the really? calendar year just to uh-huh. see which movies we reviewed. Mm, yeah. There were a number of movies that I had even kind of sort of forgotten were released this mm. year. But then when I looked at them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I do think it's important that we provide the good folks with a disclaimer that is all about us not being able to see every single solitary movie out there. So this is by no means a objective look at all things. This is merely the movies that we, we saw. saw. Absolutely. Yes. That, that, that And stayed awake for. Caused a stirring in a... De- <laughs> <laughs> caused a, 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 a deep stirring in our cockles. And that is a, a wonderful thing indeed. So... As what we did with the top games of 2019, we tend to take turns. We're going to do a kind of a round robin, just the two of us, mono e mono, as we start at number five and work our way up four, three, two, and all the way to our top Numero uno. favorite movie of 2019. Steve, before we actually begin, did you have a... Difficult time placing your movies in the slots that you ended up with? Nah, I didn't. I pretty much knew what I was going to go for. And Cut after and dry. looking back Look at this through guy. the list, uh, it's pretty easy, Russ. Man of action over here, let me tell you. Well, then I say let's get started. Steve, do you want to go first? Did you go first last time? No, you went first last time. I believe when uh, we had our good old friend Brad on the show, it was you, then Brad, then me. That's how we went around. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll be kind. I'll uh, rewind. Oh. (laughs) I will bring in the new year with a gentle heart. Gentle heart? More like a heart of ice. I'll let you go first, Russ. Oh. Well, Steve, my number five pick of 2019 is Avengers Endgame. Oh, that's number five. Number, or I should say, numero cinco. Si. If you recall. I don't. Well, let me jog that noodle of yours. Uh, Last year, Mm. the Avengers Infinity War was out, and that was my top pick of the year. And what's interesting about this is how this is actually technically speaking a continuation. You know, they, they kept saying this, yes. is, this is part of the entire movie. I know However, 
There is a departure in terms of the overall presentation, as you well know, when it came to Endgame as opposed yeah. to Infinity War. Right. So much so that I feel as though I feel... I feel as though I feel. I feel enabled <laughs> to be able to say that this could be a film separate from its intermission-esque cousin. So that's why it's at number five. I actually, if I looked at the two, I think you and I agreed that Infinity War was the more compelling movie of the two, where just the pacing was on point. All of, of the, the different plot twists were unraveling at a rapid clip. And this movie was much more of the aftermath of what occurred, as well as being able to tie everything back up in a shiny red ribbon, so to speak. That yeah. was Marvel. So anyway, that is my number five pick. What is your number five pick, Steve? Number five for me, Russ, is uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Wow, I'm surprised. Spider-Pie. I did not anticipate that movie to make your top five. To make the top five? That's what you said. Yeah, okay. That was your number five pick, yeah, right? Yeah, right? That's my number five pick. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be on the list? Well, tell me, Steve. Why wouldn't it be on there? I'm literally all ears. I have no choice. I have a headset on. So it's number five because I like seeing Tom Holland back on screen. I like the story continuation. I like Mysterio as a villain. It just doesn't go higher than five because at, a, at some point the movie just kind of got a little bit boring and kind of a little bit stagnant. Uh, I wanted to see way more Spidey action and it just didn't happen. I'll say the movie wasn't entertaining because it was entertaining. Mm. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more Spider-Man. Of course, uh, with this happening, it had the whole craze with the ending and what's going to happen next. And then Sony and Disney went to fisticuffs and so it was... Uh, little drama. Little drama happening with this movie, right? Yeah. But that is my number five. Well, color me surprised. <laughs> I had no idea. My number four pick, Steve, Toy Story 4. I knew that was going to be on your list somewhere. It was a great movie. It was a movie that honestly I think was risky for Disney and Pixar to come out with just because as we talked about during our movie review, they tidied up the Toy Story series so well at the end of Toy Story 3. It was just this wonderful trilogy of one, two, three, and we're, we're done. We're good. And so for them to all of a sudden announce that they were coming out with a four, I was a bit apprehensive about seeing it because I wasn't sure where they were going to go from where they left off. And I got to say that it was a very enjoyable film. I found myself loving being back in the world of Toy Story and Quite frankly, the the you know the latest character Forky was was just a wonderful addition to the crew, and that's that's a tall order when you think of the various characters that make up the posse of the Toy Story saga. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun, and I am curious to see if they continue making sequels for it, or if they just decide to do it as a one off, because obviously there are some life-altering decisions that get made kind of toward the end of that film. So for my number four pick, it is, in fact, Toy Story 4. Steve, what is your number four pick? My number four, Russ, was your number five. Oh! I would say Avengers uh, Endgame would be my number four. I chose it at number four, not lower, not higher, because pretty much as you said, it, it, it 
it wasn't as good as Infinity War, but as they tied everything up with Cap, mm. with Iron Man, mm-hmm. you know, I brought it, it, it was a bit of a tearjerker, mm-hmm. had a lot of action. Yeah, but the story was a little bit wonky. They were trying to tie it together with as much story with all the characters and only three hours to do it. And, you know, what do you, what do, you do? How do you do it? And they did it. So, I mean, I, that gets, gets a lot of recognition. I don't know what they're going to do from uh, here on out, but um, number four, it is. In Feige, we trust. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Fugu. And, and if I could just add on to that, I do recall. If Feige can just add. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, no, I'm don't worry about it. The end of Endgame actually was very satisfying, if not predictable. But I really liked the character arcs of Cap and right. Tony Stark. And I uh, there and were there, Thor? I mean, come on. Oh, absolutely. Oh, come on. There, there were actually there were a there were a number of them, but the ones that had the, the biggest impression on me were those two characters and of course, it, everyone's seen the movie by now. And if you haven't then you've seen stuff on social media, but there 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 were a, um, a few scenes toward the end that I have never heard a theater erupt more loudly such as when Captain America uh, gains possession of someone else's property. <laughs> and Someone else's tool. Exactly. No, I mean their instrument. Yeah. No, I mean their... Um, <laughs> no, I just, let's just move on. Let's just keep going. But yeah, I think it is worth mentioning that that was a very big reason because I did not expect that at all. That was... That, in, in a movie where I knew that the in terms of the overall payoff, it was a totally predictable thing because there are far too many lucrative IPs that were <laughs> in danger of not coming back. And Disney's like, I, we got to make money on this together. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but when it came to one of the, like that, for example, that, that particular example, I did not expect that at all. And it was a visual spectacle to see that. So, well, I guess as a final thought too, with the, uh, the award shows coming up, <laughs> uh, this is my final thought to your final thought. I wanted to add on. That when you watch a comic book movie, you don't expect some of the actors to get nominated for awards. And I'm, and Robert Downey, Scar Joe, I mean, I think they acted very well throughout the entire series. Well, e- even the voice Disney. actors. I mean, you have Vin Diesel as Groot. and uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Vin Diesel, Emmy worthy. Oh, yeah. Vin Diesel with I Am Groot gets me every time. Well, <laughs> maybe Groot is the wrong one. Uh, but um, who, who plays uh, Rocket Raccoon? Uh, I see his face. Shoot. Oh, I see his face, too. Is, his face. Isn't it the guy... I see his bloody face. ...who played Chris uh, Chris Kyle in the Clint Eastwood movie? Wasn't that him? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was him. Yeah, I forgot his uh, name. What, what was his name? Uh, I usually... Oh, uh, Chad? No, Chad? No, what's his name? <laughs> Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper! That's his name. But, I mean, for someone like that, like... He's the one who really put the heart and soul of Rocket on screen, despite him not physically being present. His voice was awesome. Super, super cool. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up just because the Oscars are not too far away now. I mean, don't they come out in February? February or March? Oh, now you're happy for my thought. I'm always happy for your thoughts, Steve. But I was going to say, the last several Oscar shows that we've seen have been really boring. Like, just fall asleep, turn the TV off early, kind of boring. Yeah. 
I I think it's going to be completely dependent upon when, once we actually get the official roster of candidates that have been approved. You know, that'll be the deciding factor of whether or not I'm going to be like, oh, or oh. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I guess it's my turn. Hand it back over to you, Russ. Number three for me is John Wick 3. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> it's mine too. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> you're just, uh, just going to come out and say it. Yeah, we're going to save you the uh, hitting the ball back at me, you know? Well, then we can we can just tackle this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, handhold skipping down the, no. the windy beach. Not really. We don't have any hair, though, that uh, will blow in the wind. No. No locks of hair. Right. Wigs. Back hair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, John Wick Chapter 3 is a successful addition to the world of John Wick. In my humble opinion, I and you, otherwise known as you and I, mm. are big fans of the John Wick series so far. John Wick 1, 2, and now 3. It's, it's always a pleasure to be in the world of John Wick and see who else they introduce, what kind of other rules or... Uh, Vistas they they introduce as well. And I really do hope that they make more sequels and that those sequels continue bringing more interesting elements, whether it's story elements or visual elements, whatever. And they need to do it sooner rather than later because it's such a cool series to watch. But also Keanu is getting up there in age. He's in his 50s. We can't be stalling out and waiting. Yeah, that sort of thing. We can't be dodging too many bullets, Mr. Reeves. No, no. I can still ride a motorcycle like the best of them, though. But cinema photography in that movie was awesome. The martial arts sequences were also extremely impressive and gratifying. And Halle Berry, end of story. Uh, yes. No, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> anyhow, yeah, no. The dog scenes. Dog scene. Oh, it has dogs. Can can you okay? It's been a long time since I've seen a movie that has very memorable dog sequences. Dogs, dogs, dogs. Oh, you mean dogs? Yeah. John Wick Chapter Three, I think, gave us exactly what we wanted to see. Of course, John Wick Chapter One. I it just passed by me like a sleeper wave, and I did I see it before you? You saw it before me. You introduced me to it. Okay, and then we both saw uh, Chapter Two. Yep, in the theater. In the theater, mm -hmm. and, and that was awesome. Yeah, and this this movie too. See, it was it was not overhyped. It was not overplayed. If you saw it and you picked up on it, then you were like one of the lucky few that could tell your friends about it. Like, oh, you got to see this movie. Oh, you don't know about it yet. Let me tell you. Mm -hmm. And then they would go see it and then word would spread that way. So it was very kind of an organically marketed it was. movie, which was very, very nice. And you went to theater and you were pleasantly surprised. So John Wick chapter three. Yeah, we didn't have some of the car chase scenes and whatnot, but we had a whole lot of Keanu who doesn't love Keanu. Who doesn't love a lot of the gunplay? Mm -hmm. They didn't kill off the people that we liked. And so the, sc the screenplay was good. And John Wick is actually really good about that, where there are certain sequences where not everybody gets killed. And I like that because that's part of the professionalism in the assassin world. I think it's it's actually beneficial because they it allows those characters the opportunity to possibly make a return in future installments of John Wick, but also to... I like it's it's not as one dimensional where you go into a room and you just take everybody out and right. that's the end of it. I, I like how there is clearly a history with these different people. 
Right. Well, plus it's an action flick that you're not just going to buy popcorn and park, park your brain at the door. There's there's tons to like about it. Yeah. With all the characters and the story and the dialogue, um, I, I just think it's a very, very well done action flick. When I was thinking about, you know, just based on the, the comments I was making, you know, in John uh, Wick Chapter 1, in the first film, he lets the bouncer go. Remember? Remember that huge bouncer that was manning kind of the, the Russian club and uh, said hi to him and that sort of thing? And then in John Wick, at the beginning of John Wick Chapter 2, he allows the kind of the head honcho guy who's running that car shop thing to live, doesn't off him. And, of course, in John Wick Chapter 3, there are a number of assassins who he uh, just, he kind of beats him to a pulp and, yeah. you know, roughs, roughs and tumbles, ruffles and tumbles. Mm. I don't even know how to say it. But, you know, it, b- it bestows a little bit of mercy, which is kind of nice. Who doesn't like a little mercy? Exactly. Still wondering why he had to go out to the desert and talk to... Uh that guru. The guy who sits above the table? Yeah. The man who sits above the table. Anyway, I guess we'll have to figure that out in the second time, third time, fourth time watch around. Yeah, you know, I, I'm there. I'm totally I, there. And I botched the movie so we can do that anytime I want. Hey, perfect. Number two for me, Steve. And I have a feeling. I'm, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I believe my number two is probably going to be your number one. And my number one is probably going to be your number two. Here we go. My number two pick for 2019 Ford v. Ferrari. Hmm. Now, this is a movie I know that you were hyped on ever since you saw the initial teaser trailer for, and the movie did, in fact, deliver. You're much more of the car grease monkey than I am. However, I do appreciate myself a fine-looking automobile in terms of the contours. So that kind of thing is... Very, very fun. Also, this being a true story, and I think it was probably mostly based on a true story. I'm not sure if they got 100% of their facts they didn't correct. Get all of it right, right, right. But, I mean, it's safe to say they probably got half of it right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe three-fourths? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the cinematography in it, the acting, I loved Christian Bale as well as Matt Damon as they portrayed Ken Miles and... Uh, Carol Shelby. Carol Russ. Shelby. Yeah. No, no, Kim Miles is in there too. Right? Yeah, I know that, Russ. Oh, I know. The way you said it, it made it sound like I, I you, you kind of stumbled a little bit. Oh, well, I appreciate the the uh, assist on this. Yeah, no problem. I actually saw something on him. Uh, I'll talk about it later. Uh, but anyway, when it came to the the movie itself, great pacing. I I love it when films are successful at executing a true story because. Oftentimes when I first think of like, oh, here's a true story or a current event or something that happened, I feel like it runs the risk of being boring or not accurately depicted. And this is very far from both of those things. It's a, a really fun ride to go on. And you, you kind of learn a little bit about these different car companies back in the day. And of course, it, be, it being in the 60s, it's, it's a, a time period that I'm always fascinated with. And so... It's a very fun ride. I'm going to be picking that movie up and watching it many times in my lifetime. What's your number two pick, Steve? Russ, number two for me is going to be Joker. I knew Yeah, it. I figured you knew it. And I figured that'd be your number one. That's <sighs> kind of like we know each other. Uh, you know? Not the chickens before the <laughs> <laughs> No, so Joker was a movie I walked out of the theater and I thought, oh, someone give me a sugar drink quick because I feel down the 
dumps. And then now after that kind of washed off. After therapy. After therapy and a uh, shot of adrenaline. I couldn't get the movie out of my head. My head. Yeah, I kept on thinking about it. Mm. I couldn't stop thinking about huh? it. And I think in today's day and age, Russ, that's getting kind of few and far between. You know what I mean? Watch a movie and see they're going to be too artsy fartsy or too brain numbing. Not necessarily thought provoking. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, uh, and Joker took the whole different approach to the comic book movie, made him believable. You could totally see how this character, without the proper medication and, and attention, could unravel out of control and just become the violent person that uh, we have seen on in the comics and in other <clears throat> DC films. And, it, I mean, it was filmed in a totally different light, too. I mean, if you watched another Batman movie as they have filmed the Joker, I think it might be right up there with the Christopher Nolan film. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? I do indeed. I do indeed, Steve. Okay. Well, it just so happens that we do know each other very, very well because my top pick of... 2019. We don't have to go into it, actually. Um, is Joker. <laughs> this particular film, when I saw the teaser trailer, I think it was very similar to you when it comes to Ford v. Ferrari. I knew from watching the very first trailer that the film was going to be amazing. And there was a brief moment where I, I, I want to say it was the second trailer that came out where the editing was a little off and I started to get nervous about the film. <laughs> but then the third trailer came out and it was back completely on track in terms of presentation, plot, editing, everything else. And I was like, okay, I'm no longer nervous. Plus, if you recall, this is the film that had its review embargo lifted way before the film came out. And so you were getting all of these 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10, 10 out of 10, like almost across the board of people just saying this film is redonkulous. And they were correct when I saw it. Um, you know, for me being um, a Batman fan, I was already excited about the subject material, but at the same time, I'm, I'm highly critical of anything that comes out. And I think that it goes without saying, like with, with Suicide Squad and even the Ben Affleck Batman films, I was very critical of those, was very disappointed by those. And so I do hold a very high standard when it comes to this particular story. And this was also a, a bit of a, of a switch up too, because director Todd Phillips had not decided to stick to all of the, the, the character origin details from the comic books a hundred percent. Like he did embrace a, quite a bit of it, but he also had a little bit of creative flexibility in there. And that was a very risky venture as well. But when it came to this film, it succeeded in bringing up so many issues that are uncomfortable and negative uh, but necessary to have a conversation about it. You know, it, it, it shown this, this really bright spotlight onto a number of different issues that are very prevalent in the real world. And I think that's one of the things that makes the film so terrifying is it's not one of those quote comic book type movies. You look at it and you completely have this, this 
wide spectrum of emotions. You feel sympathy for Arthur. You feel empathy for him. You feel disgusted by him. You feel afraid of him. You feel like you want to help him. Um, there's, there are even times where, where he's, he is funny and that sort of thing. But, um, this film is so mature, but not in the sense of like the rating of like rated M for mature rated R. (laughs) It was just, it was a very mature film in terms of its, of of its approach toward the subject. Content vision. And what didn't Todd Phillips come under a little bit of criticism? Like, can he even do this because of other movies? he's Oh yeah. 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 He, I don't, to my knowledge, he hasn't, tackled another type of movie like this. He was doing comedy films. He did, right. um, uh, what was it? Road trip. And he did, uh, gosh, what was it? I can't, I'm kind of drawing a blank now, but like he was doing, I don't know if it was wedding crashers or I know, I know road trip was one of them. Um, but it, yeah, this was definitely a departure. And so kudos for him in terms of being able to really pull this off. And I sincerely hope that there are some Oscars that will go his way, whether it's a best director Oscar or if Joaquin Phoenix is able to get a best actor Oscar or something, because even his performance as well was just captivating. I mean, I felt paralyzed in my seat watching it the entire time. And then the, the weird thing is, and you kind of talked about this, Steve is it's not a film that I can watch over and over and over again. It's the kind of film where, like, I would probably watch once every three to five years, and then I'll be good for a long time after that because it's not an easy film to watch, but it's it's not that it's a bad film by any stretch. It's that it's so good, but I don't like to be subjected or exposed to that constantly. Right. I mean, I think it's, you know, with, with the topic that they address in the film, I think on a regular basis, folks can talk about the need for mental illness, but until you see somebody who needs that help and assistance, it it brings a whole different element to the conversation because otherwise you're just talking about the scenario. If person X were to, you know, need this, whatever. And then you see person X, you're like, man, this person needs help. We need to, you know, reach out to them. Anyhow. um, Did you know they're making a joke or two? Right. So the last I heard, they were rumors. I, I didn't really hear anything about, okay, it's official that, that Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix have, in fact, signed on the dotted line, and they are well, working on a Joker 2. So the information is minimal, but IMDb definitely has Joker 2 with Walking Phoenix. Really? Man. Well, I will be keeping close tabs on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you were going to say... A close eye on it. But you just didn't want me to pick up the, the second part of that. Uh, you know, I like to uh, keep you on your toes. I was this close to saying it anyway. I- <laughs> <laughs> what is your, do I even need to ask, Rust, no, number one pick not, of not, 2019? Not, well, if you had to ask, I mean, come on, Russ. If you listen to the episode and you hear me ranting and raving about it. Steve, I, I think I ranted and raved about this movie more than anything else this year. I, I think you definitely had a joygasm. But I do need to correct you, Russ. I wasn't just excited about it when I saw the teaser trailer. Around this time, in the beginning of the year. No, nah, I can't say that in there. <laughs> Where are you going with this, Steve? When we had our topic of most anticipated movies of 2019. Ah. Uh. 
That's what I was excited because I saw this movie was coming out and you saw it back then. Yeah, but we, I said it. Well, I, in the podcast, I thought that you had first talked about it. Like, I don't know, March or April. Like you caught wind of them making no. a film that was coming out soon. I don't recall you bringing that up during that episode. Thanks for not listening to me. I know I'm the younger brother, but thanks. <laughs> But I got excited because I read the cast and I read the movie and this was going to be absolutely nuts. And November couldn't come soon enough. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Matt Damon, Christian Bale, the boys, the cars, the story. Yes, they didn't hit every truth nail on the head, but I don't think they had to. I think the message was clear and I loved everything. Every single minute of the film. I think that's exactly what entertainment should be. I love the roaring engines. I mean, I I wanted... Actually, I said back then that I wanted... I had arrangements to go see it again. I haven't seen it again, and I'm ashamed to say that because I really wanted to go back in the theater and have my eardrums pour out. We'll see an earwax I, I, of joy from being <laughs> rattled from car engines. I only saw Joker once. Did you? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I saw. It. Well, no, I take it back. No, I was originally. <laughs> I was originally. If you recall, I was going to see it with you the night before, and then I was going to see it a second time with my wife in the morning, and then something happened where I wasn't able to join you, so you had to go see Joker by yourself. And I actually ended up with uh, being relieved because that would have been a little too intense over a twelve-hour period. It would have. Anyhow, Ford v. Ferrari, friggin' awesome. And I, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I'm going to watch that movie. I'm going to memorize it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy multiple copies and give them out as gifts. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Because this movie, it, it, it makes you feel, it makes you feel like a man. Does that mean you feel like a woman, Steve, the rest of the time? <laughs> I, I felt kind of like a woman watching Joker, actually. Oh, really? Nah, a little bit. Anyhow, bearded lady. That's right. Well, I can't say that it was an unpredictable list from either one of us. I think that there are movies that stood head and shoulders over the rest of the pack for the year. But having said that... <laughs> but not knees and toes. No, not knees and toes. <laughs> having said that, though, I do think that the, the movies that were on your list as well as mine are really great quality films I plan on watching multiple times. And so it makes me curious to know what is going to be coming up in the new year. We know that there are uh, at least a couple of really great movies that we saw from the trailers that we watched that are going to be coming out soon. And it makes me wonder, you know, what does the summertime hold for us? I know Marvel has a number of films mm. that are coming out, but... I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I think it's going to be a good year. You you think? I, I'm noticing a positive outlook, a positive yeah. forecast from you, Steve, yeah. for both games and movies. Yeah. Come on. Wow. I, I could be positive. I, I'm I just, I'm noticing. I, I'm noticing. I, you know, I am observing that you have a positive forecast for both areas, and that's a very good thing. I'm, uh, I'm glad to see... That you're getting some sort of premonition. You might see me as a, a pessimistic Paulino, Russ. I am <laughs> a realistic Rihanna. 
Oh, <laughs> so when there's good stuff to be had, by golly, I'm a happy man. Well, that wraps up this episode of Joy Gas, and make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you all in the new year. Have a new year.